where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to This Is Happening. This is one of your hosts, Nathan Streifel. And Eric Morris. And today we're joined with literally one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. She's fabulous, amazing, talented, awesome, drag queen extraordinaire, and host all over Los Angeles, Pickle. Hi, thank you for having me. Such flattery. <laughs> Yay. I mean, that that begged for, like, applause. Uh, that Maybe I'll put a little <laughs> applause in. I can add that in oh, and yeah. edit it. You better or I'll... Sue you. We need okay. to get a applause. We need to get like a sound machine or something with a little thing. Yeah, we need a third person. Very, we need an assistant. We do need a producer or someone. So I was just talking engineer. to Pickle. He has an assistant. I do. And For your gig? Sex slave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that, they doubles as that? No, uh, they're all the same. He's a virgin. You have to be a virgin to work for me. It's a requirement. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good corporate rule. You might not find very many people to hire in LA, at least. <laughs> Pickle is killing it as a local drag queen. Um, yeah, she hosts um, a trivia night every Wednesday at Barmada Sheen. I do. You uh, host a show and also... Um, are just like a celebrity around Flaming Saddles on Friday nights. <laughs> yeah, I host a, a drag show, the Friday night drag show at like 8, and then I kind of just float around. And Does that, what's the drag show called? It's called Saddle Saloon Gals. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a, so it's not a competition. It's no. Like you invite other people and they all do like a number. Yeah, I book um, local drag queens or out-of-town queens sometimes if they're coming through. And it's just like, you know, your run-of-the-mill, high-energy, fun, let's party kind of drag show. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really fun. And then I floor host, which means I, I'm kind of like... Princess Jasmine at Disneyland, <laughs> but like skinnier and prettier. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and more racially ambiguous. Yeah, better hair too. More. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, Jasmine was pretty obviously Indian, right? <laughs> 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 Who knows what pickle is? Um, <laughs> some sort oh, of vegetable, I think. Um, <laughs> well, the research that I did for this was mainly attending. Your um, another um, show competition show at Barmada Machine. Oh yeah, Thursday um, nights. On Thursday, I went so to the last one that drag. I was in town for. What? So you think you can drag? Yeah. Was that the one that Nathan judged? Nathan was. was the judge. Yeah. That's why I went. I, Pick, otherwise, I wouldn't have heard of it. Pickle invited me to be a guest judge on her Thursday night. Sometimes Thursday night. What is it's the every schedule? Thursday night. It's now. every Thursday now at Barmada Machine in downtown LA, um, where. Five? Is it always five drag queens? It just it depends. Just depends. Sometimes I do five, sometimes I do four. There's no the rhyme or reason. <laughs> you had good ones. There really wasn't like a dud in that group. Not not anyone that was like terrible. Yeah, I think that one of the big reasons I wanted to do in sort I I hate saying amateur night, but like, you know, a an amateur night is because like new drag queens have so much energy and like yeah. when you're starting drag you're like excited and you know your friends are still coming to your gigs and you're still <laughs> like 
There's so much, there's such a, an exuberance. That's what I thought about the first contestant who, like, didn't really make a huge splash with the crowd, but her energy was huge. She had all this fringe on, Mm -hmm. and she just, like, I, I was... She made a splash. You made top two. That crowd was no, loud for her. No. Yes, she did. The mm. one with the... Oh, not the one with the French. You're she right, didn't. Right, right. <laughs> I'm thinking the oh, second with the, one. With, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember her. Be it as it may, um, I did talk to a couple of them afterwards, and yeah, a lot of them, they had just started or had only done one or two performances. Yeah, and it's it's just fun to give them an opportunity because they just want to... They want to perform just like I wanted to perform. And, yeah, Totally. And, it's hard to get gigs sometimes, I suppose. And in addition to um, helping to judge and run that contest, you performed a number um, and clearly are a talented singer and must have a musical theater. Yeah, live, and live. You sang, out tonight. you sang Out Tonight oh, in your yeah, own voice, and which took me into a rent tailspin. Oh, I've been listening <laughs> to rent ever since. Um, you know what's funny is I actually kind of despise that musical. I no. <laughs> I directed it at a high school. That's why I was do it. I so, was yeah. watching. Well, I didn't like it before we picked it. For was the high it an school. unedited version for high school? It was the school edition, which actually is just shorter. It doesn't like they still have drugs. They still have wow. the AIDS and the everyone's dying and. We were All still doing Hello Dolly at my high school. Was this your high school or this was a... It's, I am an alumni of the high school. It's a performing arts magnet in West Los Angeles where I called Hamilton um, Academy of oh, Music where I directed their three of their fall musicals, so three years in a row. Oh, very cool. Just oh, came that's on. Nice. So did the rent production, was, was that it just in... It was a headache a little bit? Or? It wasn't a headache. I loved it. I, I'm not a big fan. I mean, the kids are amazing. I love kids. Um, yeah, totally. Working with them. Totally. Um, hiding them in closets. No. I, <laughs> I picked it because it, I knew that they would get excited about it. And it's oh, not absolutely. my cup of tea, but I really, when working with... You know, teenagers. You want to you want to give them a theatrical yes. experience that they that they're going to remember, Absolutely. they're going to cherish, and they're going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And just because it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean I can't do it. And like, so I just think it's the. I mean, it's unfinished. He died before. Well, you know, it went into right. Well, no, he died. It was in. Well, no, it wasn't it in pre-production it was in already? Previews. You know, yeah, preview, yeah. um, I I actually saw like maybe the third performance at the mm-hmm. New, the New York Theater Workshop days after he died, maybe the day wow. after he died. They were ju- it was their first it was definitely their first performance back since he died. They may have taken a day off or something. I don't remember, but um, they were an emotional wreck. But they it was cathartic. It, 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 I just I've never seen anything like it. I mean, yeah. this, this cast like. Re- and it was all know, original cast, Idina Menzel. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and Daphne Ruben Vega and all, all of them. Who is just extraordinary. And I, She is extraordinary. I've watched a lot she of clips electrifying. from Not as electrifying as you at Bar Madison. Oh, well, duh. But, <laughs> you know, I turned down the movie. They asked me. Instead, <laughs> they, they looked too they young. They had to go to their second um, choice. Yeah, our ambiguous. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you watch clips, for, or I watch clips from the old the original production it does look very exciting and like energy and like I fell in love with that song doing the musical with the kids and, and watching the girl and I'm like 
I should do this. Honestly, it was the uh, most. Um, it's the most. It's the thing that sticks with me most from having seen it. That I mean, I've seen it many times since, but having seen it that time with that cast, I then saw that same cast on Broadway. But there was nothing like just being right up there, like second row in the New York Theater Workshop. It's not that big. Um, and they were all so, like, infused with emotion. Yeah, it was um, an extraordinary cast. And I think my issue with Rent is that it just doesn't... It's just... In a contemporary setting, it's not... I think, yeah, it was definitely a musical of its time. It was definitely a musical of its time. In a certain way. It definitely feels feel. 90s. Yeah, I mean, I saw it in it. 96 or whenever when it, when it was set... Um, so it, it seemed ultra relevant to me at the time. Of but course, I'm older than you kids. I think also when it came out, it was so super groundbreaking because you hadn't seen maybe a lot of the things that it did on stage like it did. This no, you had, but maybe not. Okay, in, maybe not. In, <laughs> maybe not in a musical. I mean, right, right. That's people, what I mean. They're, like they're American in, rock musical. Like, was there a lot of American long, rock going around? It was a long time after. No. no, Jesus but, Christ, super, super... But that was all Andrew Lloyd Webber. It was after Angels in America. It was after... Right. Um, you know, plenty of plays dealt with, you know... The hard, gritty aspects drug of... Drug addicts yeah. dying of mm-hmm. AIDS. But, so it wasn't groundbreaking in that, but it was... But to do it in, in a rock musical... Right. Was I mean, it's a good it's, There's catchy tunes. It's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. And the dude died. So, like, it was yeah. kind of a recipe for, yeah, like, Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but Jonathan Larson isn't here. We're not talking about him. No, we're talking yeah. about... It's a Pickle. long sidetrack from... Pickle. Did we... Are we, just talking about <laughs> are we missing any of your um, uh, shows that you do or any of the major... I do projects. every Wednesday at Bar Madison, I do trivia from 8 to 10, and then I do, every Thursday, I do the competition, So You Think You Can Drag, and then Fridays, I do the show at Flaming Saddles, and then Sundays, I host Flaming Saddles Brunch. Oh my god, cool, I didn't know they did brunch, do they do food? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just liquid brunch. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's mostly liquid, but people come for the $13 bottle. No, they do other, food other days? They other do. Times. The kitchen is open daily. Is the kitchen on the second floor? No. Oh, it's you can the order food from the bar or the servers. Is it good? It's pretty good. You know, they just revamped the menu, and it's actually, like, I order it on Fridays. They have avocado toast, which is, like, really good. I have to, I mean, like, you know, it's not, like... You're not getting, like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, not yeah. five-star like, cuisine, <laughs> but, like, as far as, like, bar food goes, it's pretty good. You know, it's, like, fun American, like, ta- the tater tots are awesome, obviously. Okay, good. Well, tots. good. You're, it's, it's good that you're not trashing their food. I mean, yeah, they, it's garbage. They do pay you to go. <laughs> well, and the brunch is <laughs> good. I mean, you know, you can't fuck up eggs. Oh, yeah, totally. I freaking love your trivia night. I've gone Thank many you. times. I have a trivia group called the Blueberry Pie Gals, mm-hmm. and I think we've won tw- tw- twice, three times? Twice. I think twice. Twice. Well, you we got won, second place, like, once. You specifically... Um, snatched the win because you knew all of Madonna's. I carried my team. The records. We had a we had a flash round. The final round was to list Madonna's albums chronologically. Double list list all of her albums. Double points if you got them chronologically correct. And he did. 
Oh my god, I can't do that. <laughs> and some people behind and we just blew everybody out of the water because I was able to name every Madonna's. I think there was one or two that uh, Danny T helped me with. Yeah, I would be lucky to name like five. Really? People had a lot of trouble, but not you. I don't know. I'm a huge Madonna, Madonna fan. I mean, I'm a fan of hers too, but I don't remember the names of all her albums and I can't put them in order. Yeah. I, I, in undergrad one time, I spent stayed up all night on a school night watching every single music video that she ever came out I'm with. I'm glad you made the most of your <laughs> higher education. And now here I am, you know, we're still talking about it to this day, so I guess it worked out for me. Yes, well. <laughs> well, I got that free pair of Andrew Christian underwear. Yes, Andrew Christian is a very amazing supporter of mine. They give me a lot of product to give away, and I really adore Adore him. I still have those. I wear them often. His underwear. It. I mean, like you know, it's sexy <laughs> gay underwear. Like you can't really go wrong. You can't go wrong. Sometimes I pull it out and I'm like, "What is this? <laughs> is this even? Yeah, it looks just like a piece of string." But someone will wear it. And it's sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah, no food. I, I really they are sexy. I don't really wear them, but right. Sure. I give them out as gifts. I <laughs> yes. I I actually all my underwear is Andrew Christian now and um, I think it's really comfortable. I really enjoy it. I actually know? think it's really comfortable it's too. It's like they have like a dick sack and your dick <laughs> just kind of like I mean, I don't have a penis, so I wouldn't know, but um, my husband tells me that they're very cozy. Fundamental male genitalia. They're ergonomically designed, for sure, for the male, the male uh, consumer. The other piece of uh, research that I did was, look, I looked you up online, and there was such they a They never proved those... Um, those allegations. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I wasn't going to get into that. I thought you scrubbed that. But mm. um, you, I mean, you <laughs> might have, or you pushed them way down in your Google <laughs> results. But, um, Sweating. <laughs> nervous. It, no, no. Uh, there was a great um, feature story in LA Weekly about drag queen story hour. Yes. Which, fi- which featured a picture of you, and you happened to be the drag queen, I guess, when... There, when they came to report on that on that story. Yeah, that was actually um, the f- that was at Stories in Echo Park, and it was the first drag queen story hour that happened in Los Angeles. So. Um, oh my God! Yeah. You were the very first one. I was, and God damn it, I'll be the last. <laughs> so. There was no. There was, um, they never did it again. No, they, no, no, they no, 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 they oh. do it all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There's been um, it's, it's it's great. Drag Queen Story Hour is something that um, started, I believe, in Brooklyn, and it happens in San Francisco. It happens in other cities. It's like pump. It's like popping up all over the country. But so I did the the woman who started it. I believe her name is Michelle T. She's fabulous. She's an author, and oh. she. Um, she and her friend Michael, who I happened to know through, like, my stepmother. It was really strange. And um, they started one here. And so they contacted me, and I did the first one, and then I've done a bunch since. And, and just, we just did one at, at the WeHo Library, which I've done a couple times. And I actually went on KTLA to talk about that, and it was really fun. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. I mean, you know, it's like you see... A- DragCon, I mean, I haven't been to DragCon, but coverage of DragCon, that there's these, like, little 
chi- children, drag queens, you know, mm-hmm. who are, and I think yeah, like something like, like this. Well, painted. obviously, watching RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, encourages that. But, but um, you know, something like this, you know, I, I imagine gives some children their first exposure to drag queens, and it's done in such a positive light. Like, this is, you know, this is like a magical person who's very glittery and fun, and. Um, and he's here to tell stories. And, yeah, totally. Um, and what a great way for kids to get exposed to what a drag queen is and maybe what the concept of gay is. Not that that really comes up in, at the story hour, but maybe it's... I, that's the first thing I bring up. You're like, hey, <laughs> kids, I'm going to tell you something about a little thing called sodomy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was getting... I, I would have loved to have had, yeah, a drag queen read stories to me when I was younger. Yeah, drag queen story hour is really important to me because it... Um, you know, apart from kids getting exposure to drag through RuPaul's Drag Race and things like DragCon, I think that Drag Queen Story Hour, it caters to kids. You know, it's like, right. it's, it's appropriate, it's fun, it's it's about, like, you know, I get to, well, I did one today, actually, um, oh, wow. at um, the Memorial Branch Library in Koreatown, and... You know, I get to go and and cater the experience to kids. And what I found is that a lot of the core values of being a drag queen are values that you want to teach your children. You know, when you get at the heart of what drag is about, it's about love, it's about inclusivity, it's about expression, it's about fashion, it's about joy. Like, you know, I think that sometimes we get sidetracked by, like, pettiness and drama and all that, but at at its heart, drag has always been about, you know, expression and really positive things that are not at all incompatible with children's programming. So I've always, you know, I've actually recently more and more been kind of tailoring my drag content to be consumable for kids because I think that that is... I think that's smart. It's just not beyond just, like oh, I want to expose kids to drag queens, it's like drag queens are a good tool to teach children. Like, yes. You know, it's not just about, like, oh, giving the kids a peek into the drag world that's, like, forbidden to them. It's about, oh, these are these are things that we can use to teach all children, you know? It's, like, not just queer children. Right. I mean, that, you make a really good point because, you know, children... Obviously, children do watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but in that, that's not made for them. They have to kind of like make sense of what they're seeing, and maybe a lot more um, explanations need to happen. But like drag queens coming to read children's stories to them, that is for them. So that that's really cool. Do yeah. You, do you pick the books, or how does that? I happen? do, and I don't. I have been picking them more. There's there's like kind of a library of of great literature sort of that they've queer, built yeah, and we do have like queer content and sort of more queer themes and feminist themes and and you know it's the books are are more progressive in nature. Yeah. I have a tiny library with thing books like Mary Had a Little Glam <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another popular one is Tango Makes Three, which is about two gay penguins who have like 
a baby penguin. Oh, <laughs> and it's uh, adorable. It's adorable. But, you know, I also, like, today, more, I've been, ex- quote-unquote, experimenting a little more. Like, today at the library, I read a couple of my books that I had brought. And then um, I noticed that some of the kids had books. And I was like, hey, can I read your book? And I read a couple oh, nice. of their books, and it was really fun. And so I try to... I mean, with all my drag for kids and adults, which is more similar than... <laughs> you know, I'm always entertaining kids or drunk adults, which is yeah, yeah, basically yeah. the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> I think it's all about making it personal and intimate and, and that experience. So, like, the more I talk to the kids while I'm reading the story, the more I make it you know, their own personal individual moment, the more they're going to yeah, get that's it. that's amazing. And it's the same thing with the adults at the adult shows. I make a point of, like, you know, there are little tricks that I use throughout the show to... Keep people... To cater to them and so that they... It's just They feel different. like it's kind of they their feel show it's too. about them. Yeah, it's yeah, like I remember... Sure. Like, I have, like, weird... I can't... <laughs> give away my secrets, but, yeah. but like, you know, it's a little things that like, reveals the tricks. <laughs> little things like, oh, I'll remember her name, and then you keep going back to the one person, and then you bring in yes. their friends, and then you yes, create, yes. it's like, you have to, drag, I think, is interactive, and we sometimes lose that did, element of it. Did you start doing drag at Exposure? I did in Highland Park with OB. Yes, I was one of the yes. OG um, exposure. We've girls. kind of now had we've had maybe a girl on. Which, if you haven't listened to these episodes, go back because our catalog is great. <laughs> we've had maybe a girl. We've had Meatball and a little bit of a trifecta moment going on with you now because all three of you. When I moved to LA, I was friends with maybe and. St- and me and my roommate started mm-hmm. growing up and watching you guys all perform. And you guys were just so amazing. Back then, even. When you were, I remember you did a Cool for the Summer by Demi when it first came out. Oh, and yeah. that was the first performance I saw by you. And you were just killing it. I fucking <laughs> loved it. I loved Exposure. It was... <laughs> It still goes every Monday, and it's uh, still they have, amazing. They are pat. It's it's like the just like the most successful drag event in Los Angeles. Yeah, we, we. I think did we go together recently? No. Oh, I must have went with somebody else. Yeah, I, I went again recently, and um, it's, it's always busy. It's so good. It's still so good, and it's so like performance arty, and mm-hmm. just like. Um, it's got this whole brand to it that's its own. And we were just, like, I was one of the OG girls when it was, like, you know, five of us, no, or six of us. None of us knew what we were doing. There were, like, 20 people there. Yeah, totally. We were just, like, and we just had our weird little circus, you know? It was, like, we were <laughs> all a mess. It wasn't about, you know, it was about the joy of drag, and that's what I love yeah. about it so much. And it was about the performance, and it was about having stupid props and everyone looking like shit, but like getting a little <laughs> bit better and like and being For really sure. supportive. And yeah, Meatball, and maybe I mean maybe came a little a little later, but yeah. like Meatball yeah. and I, um, we started doing drag in like the same like week and a half, and just met at Exposure and. That is so crazy. Um, <laughs> Wait, so we're, you're from L.A. then? I am. Should we deep dive a little bit? Yeah, I was going to do that. Sure. sure. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so you grew up. I'll never yeah. tell you! <laughs> um, <laughs> you were born after uh, 2000, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I just celebrated my sweet 16. <laughs> oh, that work in bars, I don't know how they allow it. <laughs> well, it makes no. sense. I just suck the doorman's dick. Oh, wow, <laughs> there it is. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's not a story you'll hear at Drag Queen Children's Hour. <laughs> oh, uh, speak for yourself. I always share that. <laughs> um, I was born in Los Angeles. <laughs> All right, okay, for full disclosure, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I was born... <laughs> All the people that are asking... Um, well, I was gonna, born... They're all going to hear it now. It is. I know. It's, it's going to be on... Um, What's it called? Wendy Williams tomorrow during her, like, hot topics. Yeah, she often brings us up. It comes up on The View. Um, I was born in Redlands, which is a small town just south of here. Yeah. But, um... Oh, you're familiar? I d- yeah, I know, I know, I know people that I, get there. I work with somebody that is from there. Never been myself, but I've... I'm familiar with the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a small town. I mean, I knew someone that there. commuted into downtown Los Angeles for a gig. I know. Yeah, that's, I worked with somebody, and he was living there for like a year and a half. By a uh, motorcycle. Is it kind of halfway between Palm Springs and... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the rent there is like, you can like trade a couple marbles for like a house. <laughs> like, I understand I'm sure why, why people oh my God, that's sure that's want why to live there. <laughs> But my parents got divorced when I was two, and so I've always... My dad has always lived in L.A., so I'm, I'm essentially born in So did your mom stay in Redlands then, and then your she dad? She stayed in Redlands until I started middle school, and then she moved to Los Angeles as well. Okay, cool. And were you, like... I don't know how much you want to share about your family. My parents are also divorced. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes you more comfortable to share. <laughs> Did you spend, oh, I don't care. Okay, you don't care. Cool. Did you spend, like, uh, joint custody, or was it kind of like... It was uh, kind of a mess. I spent, yeah. like, weeks with... Uh, I went to elementary school spending the week with my mom in Redlands, and then the weekends in L.A. with my dad, and then when she moved... Pretty classic. Then when I started middle school, I lived full-time with my dad, and I saw my mom come and on periodically. was that kind of a switch from, I don't want to go to Redlands High School, to... Or Redlands yeah, Middle School? Yeah, we were school, all kind sick of, of Redlands. It yeah. was... My mom didn't want to really live there, and right. everyone was... Already in we L.A. Were, my sister moved, had already moved back to L.A., and... Do you just have one sibling? I have an older sister and a younger brother. Oh, okay, cool. A little child. Yeah, for sure. Do they all live in L.A. still, or...? Um, my brother's in high school, so he's 16, and he lives in L.A., and my sister also Your twin brother. (laughs) My twin brother. (laughs) Is that a full full brother, or...? Um, he is a product of my... Product, like, as an object. (laughs) He is my stepmom and my father's child. I see. And then my half, father... Half-brother, then. Yeah, my yep. father is a serial marriageist. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he and my stepmother got divorced, and then now he is married to a gentleman named Cameron. So oh, your dad is? What? Yeah, he's super extra. Oh, whoa! That is extra. That is extra, extra. So I have a, So he, like, he had two so wives, or more than two did wives. Did he come out to you, then? He did. Name a family dynamic. I have lived in that family. It has <laughs> switched around a lot. Um, you were, you so were the... You were a child of his first 
marriage? His first marriage, me and my my sister and I. And yes. let me set the record straight. I was gay first. <laughs> I came you out with the trend of the family. I came out when I was eight years old. You followed really? you out of yes. the closet. You were out at eight? I came out what, when I was eight. What did eight that years look old. like? Was a lot of dick. No, um <laughs> I those elementary school glory. Were you already like Interested in in wearing women's clothing or like yes, when I was cross dressing when I um, was a kid, I always was like dressing up in gowns. Like I, we would be watching a movie in the living room, and I would just like like an old movie with like Betty. Da- we would be watching All About Eve. Sure, um, or something, and I would get up Fantastic. and just disappear and like return in, in a costume, gown, but without yeah. saying anything, and just like sit back down. <laughs> like oh I would just God, like little so Joe would just oh, sorry, little pickle, <laughs> natural woman would just like leave and come back in like a disgusting like pink yeah 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 Carpet gown thing, and then I just like would like sit without like talking about. It. I love just like. And what was your family's reaction to those disappearances and reappearances? They just like let it go and uncommented upon. (laughs) Yeah, I mean they're very supportive. They're they've always been incredibly supportive. I mean, obviously my dad is gay, and like my stepmom is was very supportive. My mother's they were concerned. Your dad identifies now as as gay and not. I mean, he's bisexual, but. You know, right now he identifies as gay. Yeah, for sure. But for um, sure. do you like his husband, Cameron? Yes, I love my stepfather very much. Um, I made the toast at their wedding. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I was a little drunk, so it was twenty-five minutes long. But well, yeah, girl, I could listen <laughs> to pickle for twenty-five said. minutes at a wedding. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, I would dress. They were supportive. The dress definitely disappeared. <laughs> I think possibly it had bed bugs. I like to translate it as like oppression, but actually totally, it's like a disgusting totally. dress. So I, there's some old pictures of me in uh, little gowns yeah. that my sisters dressed me up in. We would always. Well, that's your. So. I mean, that's. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much choice? it was me choosing yeah. or them being like, "We're playing dress up with a little little yeah, boy." I think. <laughs> yeah, if you have older sisters, I had two older sisters who just. A lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was more like torture. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't torture. I don't even you loved it. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. We did play like uh, I never had Sleeping Beauty all the time, and uh, oh god, I loved it. I always wanted like to uh, like have a wig. It's such an interest to me. It's so interesting because it's like the spectrum of gender is so fluid. But it's like I identify fairly like. You know, there's just something about the... I just love wearing wigs and costumes. Yeah, totally. I do identify in terms of sex and gender as male, but it's like, you know, there is... Like, I'm gender fluid. Like, I work as a fake woman. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like there's this element. It's like kind of confusing, even for me. I think that I just... My sister had this Barbie Folden funhouse that was a two-story fold-up pink house for Barbie and I used to sneak into her room all the time to play with it. It wasn't so much like, the I think, the dressing up for me. Maybe a little bit of that. <laughs> but I just remember I wanted to play with Barbies and I wanted to play with those things. I wanted to play with dolls too. I mean, that that I definitely relate to. I and would I, rip the heads off of my sister's Barbies. <laughs> I, think I, I loved playing with Barbies but oddly only if they were headless. 
I don't know. <laughs> I still feel that way about women. No. Yank off their heads. I've just got them all in my closet. No, I more love... fodder for the story. Did you have it. dolls in your house to play with, Eric? Yeah, my, I had a sister. Oh, so there were there were dolls and stuff. Yeah, I did. I mean, I was. It was always like. I, it was always something I felt like I couldn't do, but I would sometimes, like, I had Star Wars action figures because, oh, I love Star Wars. you know, like, I was seven when Star Wars came out, yeah. and, um... Those things are collector's items now. Yeah, Did you keep them? I didn't keep them in their packaging. No, you You know, them. I mean, yeah. I used them to death. You could fake it. You could just scotch them. <laughs> <laughs> scotch tape it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think maybe we found... Like maybe like some stray C three PO or something that hadn't been opened, um, <laughs> but I gave that to my nephews oh, and I was like, it. you know, keep it and sell it on eBay, and or you know, play with them. Um, right. And now they are now everything's Lego. It seems, but um, Lego's got a huge dominant market I mean, on the children's toy. Yeah, things. I mean, if you want like a action figure, it's likely going to be Lego, or at least it was when they were like. Yeah, of that age hmm. and I was getting presents Power Rangers was my like jam growing up mm. did you have Power Rangers? yeah I watched the Power Rangers Power Rangers was difficult for me because I felt like it was always changing like the se- each season was well, like well they different. would have new cast members yeah sure. they'd have new <laughs> cast like, members face looks different I, <laughs> I was a very sensitive child I was actually vote, I won an award there's a picture of me, I think I have it on Facebook or something, of like me holding a certificate and I'm like tiny and it says, uh, Joe Farragher, most sensitive. <laughs> I won like most sensitive. I was very sensitive to so like funny. betrayal. So like mm-hmm. the change in the Power Rangers, I didn't jive well yeah, about I like it. To be. I'm like, where did they go? Yeah. The other mm-hmm. ones. And they were always changing their costumes and, and the their villas. colors. Yeah. Oh, the villains were diamond. I applaud you for your... I liked Billy. He was the blue one, smart. Did you have a crush on him? Yeah, and I think the character... Did you ever jerk off the Power Ranger? I didn't. I was a little past it. I was, like, more into Undressed by the time I was, like, of jerking off age. I think... Oh, a friend... Do you remember Undressed? A friend friend of mine was on MTV. Yeah. A friend of mine was on that. Undressed came on at, like, 11. What is Undressed? Undressed was, like, an MTV late-night show And they occasionally had gay storylines. They, every once in a while, had a gay storyline, and it was all sexual, kind of college... 12 episodes. Stories, yeah, and I remember it was the very first time I saw a gay... Yeah, Peter Page Gay had thing. his first job, I think, on Undress. Oh yeah, I probably saw that episode. I that turned me on. I remember sitting there watching that before he like, was on Queer as Folk. I'm into this. Yes, 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 yes. And then porn on the internet. See that didn't Di- that did not exist. It was dial up. There was no there. there was no internet. You had to go to the library and pull out the erotic pictures. <laughs> the Greek. I mean, the Greek. Um, there was porn video cassettes. Pottery. I didn't see porn, gay porn, for a very long time. Right. I, see, I mean, I'm maybe the first. I don't think it was until after I graduated college. Had you had sex before you saw porn? Um. I had never when I I saw people having sex, um, in a in a sex in club. their private home that I had broken into. Oh, you would seem like a lie in a sex, sex club. <laughs> I mentioned this show. once before, well, probably when we had that porn director on. Yeah. Um, Check the back catalog, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Pull off. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so no, I that's the first time I saw gay sex was right happening in front of me. Mm. Um, that's a very it was shocking, way to very Greek of you. So you were so shocking. were you like I am gay at eight then, or what do you mean you came? Yeah, out at eight? I you were like I mean I like obviously boys. I wasn't. Sexually active. Of course, Although of course. I have heard tell of sexually active eight-year-olds. Um, oh, good God. I hope not. I, well, sexuality happens at a very early age. Children are exploring their sexuality. At different Yeah, points. at different things. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but they're just discovering their bodies, you know, and who they are. And I like went... I was, I mean, I was always not with a each other wishy child. Like, obviously, everyone yeah. knew, like, oh, gosh. Here <laughs> so, comes gay I mean, boy. I used to... I would alternate between watching Mary Poppins... And the sound of music, just the first part of the sound of music. You so were long. Julie Andrews' whore. I still am. <laughs> I, you know, Carrie Fisher and Julie Andrews were my idols growing up. Totally. And like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle it if I lose Julie Andrews let's, too. Let's um, not even speak. I don't of even want to know how I'm gonna react. Sound to of that, music was one of my as well. I would watch the sound of music. And the Mary and Mary Poppins every day, alternating. Wow. And like I would jump off of our stoop with an umbrella <laughs> thinking like this time it's gonna happen, I'm gonna fly away. Um, but oh so I was eight years old and we went to my sister was is older than me and she was working at um, like a record store called Found Music, which used to be on Wilshire and we went to see like a, a an open mic, and this like cute dude, hipster, unattain, just like yeah. poster child for like unattainable straight hipster dude that you <laughs> fall for like in high school. Like, for sure, he was like playing his guitar, like like you know, and I was just this little kid, and I was just like having this feeling, and I didn't know what it was. I was like, which now I know is. Obsession, and uh, <laughs> I'm all too familiar with. It. Yeah. But uh, so we were walking home, and I was like all quiet, and I just was like, I believe the way I said it was like, I don't really know what gay is, but I am that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, like I'm gay. I said it out loud, and like we were in our living room, kind of having like a little family talk, like, what do you? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, like, I just, I'm definitely gay. And then I kind of went back sort of in the closet, like, or was sexually ambiguous for middle school, because that's an awkward time for everyone, but yeah, I definitely yeah, came yeah. out and called all my friends, and was like, yeah. I'm gay. Hang up. <laughs> I came out on MySpace. Oh my gosh. You did? I did. I changed my interested in to men, and the next day everybody was like, oh, I saw your MySpace. I remember when that was a thing, like, yeah. interested in, and, like, people would actually change, and I would, like, because you have to consider that, like, I was spending, like, from eight to the end of high school, like... People were coming out, but I was I was just there like alone, sitting there. Yeah, for a you long were the time, open like, Mary, like hey, waiting, yeah. like ooh, when's everyone gonna come to the party? <laughs> like just like, and then you realize that the are you gay? and all of them were gay, and then they all come out and they all match up. Like so, I was the OG, like you oh, know, no. the op. I I thought to myself, I was like, I'm sitting here like a wine on a shelf, like you know. Like, aging, like, I'm gonna be so ready, like, all these boys are gonna come out, and they're gonna be my boyfriend, and they all came out and, like, matched up together. It's just so funny. You know what, I'm you like, are I'm wine. the obvious choice. I am a fine wine. 
So there we were dating was not in high a school. Single gay person, and not no one out in my high school. Like maybe one guy in a year who was a year ahead of me, mm-hmm. and he's the only one that I can think of mm-hmm. ever. There are a few gays. Well, in the eighties. This that was in the eighties. My, my, I remember I talked to my mom. She's older than you. She graduated in 1980 <laughs> from high school, but I remember she, when I came out, she was like, you know, maybe you shouldn't come out. Because she was thinking about her high school and how there was one guy that she kind of thought, but he wasn't out. And she just was very, very nervous about me getting bullied. Yeah, probably. Um, but th- that was... Hades, that was that was a very, 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 very different time, I feel like. It was. Um, the Reagan years. Um... There just yeah there was. No it wasn't even a depiction of gay on. No, there was no Will and Grace. Yeah. There was no. There was like you know that, you know like Billy Crystal in Soap, started in the seventies, but it was just like a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? For um, sure. I don't even remember other gay characters. There probably weren't really. It wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but I mean, and there certainly was no. It, it's so interesting that like the way you would come out would be to change your status on a website. You know, like I know what an age. I mean, it's so right? it's cool, but like we didn't have that. It was yeah. It was a very uh, funny. It's funny because I feel like social media now is social media wasn't even a word people were using when I came out on MySpace. It's gone even it's like to the nth degree now like so 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 much farther even than the online persona than when I feel like we're of the same age me and Pickle Mm -hmm. than I feel like when we were growing up even. Or do you feel that way or? Yeah I mean MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) You had MySpace. Uh, I don't know. I existed in a time where Social media wasn't really a thing, I guess, like, as a child. But, yeah, as soon as... I definitely associate, like, sexuality and, like, desire with social media and the internet. And Me too. And I, was like in, I was, like, in early high school on AOL, AOL chat rooms. Yeah, like, social media is where I developed my crushes mm-hmm. and, like, you know... The AIM like <laughs> yes, yes, yes. chat with the David AIM Kamen. random chat rooms. God, we were probably talking to the weirdos, some you know crazy people. Oh my God, I had like an addiction to um, sex camming when I was a junior in high school. It what? Was, like, my filthy secret. What you were filming? Yourself? I mean, I was gay for a long time, and like <laughs> I was. And who do you think was consuming that? I had to. Well, I would go on. There was this website called men.com. No, that's a porn website. It was like, um, uh, I don't know. Manhunt? No, it was like a dating website, but like. Man for man. Man Man for man, something like that. And they had like a public. Adam for Adam? No, it wasn't that. It was something. But they had like a chat room that was like public, and then like everyone had their own video thing. Exhibitionist. And I was, I was obsessed. I would like find some like daddy or something to like have a secret. Oh yeah. And it was like my dirty, dirty secret. And I was very out. But I was just like, film yourself doing. Oh, you know, just like jerking off or like, oh my god, I have a really embarrassing story and how I ended my uh, video chat. 
high school addiction was um, <laughs> were there I, masks involved? Was um, which should give Did everyone pause. Like, I was like 14, 15 uh, yeah. during this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch yourselves. Creating child pornography. Live child. Those were the wild, wild west days. There were no rules. It was the seventies. Um, so <laughs> it pretty much was. <laughs> I was in the chat rooms when I was fifteen, not knowing what I was doing, just like, yeah, yeah. So I was guys. having what I thought was a private video message with a dude, and I was like, you know, like fifteen, and I was like f- humping a pillow. Yeah, sure. Just yeah, like, you know, when it, cause like, you know, <laughs> you're like young and like, I didn't know, like, You're imagining I sex. didn't know how to like jack off properly. I like, you know, it was all kind of like, like I got a good sensation you from like rubbing friction. my phone. Yeah. I was yeah, creating yeah. Fr- like a kid on like a pole on the playground or something. <laughs> right. But with like a pillow a for, you know, a bunch of 40 year old men. Oh. And, um, so I, but it was this private video conversation I'm like humping this pillow <laughs> and then I look over at the public chat and everyone is talking about it they're like oh my god do you see that guy humping a pillow and they're just like mocking me oh, they're like no. look at that like like who's that guy that's like humping a pillow and they're like hump it harder like it was like and I turned bright red and we was like, just like, <gasps> and just like one of those like, oh, there's no camera, they can't see me. Um, like, <laughs> like you know, I like rushed and like turned, closed the computer and like threw it out the window and like yeah, yeah, yeah. never, never went again, on, never again. Never like again. I never, I still get like when the like Skype call happens or something, I get like, <laughs> like <laughs> such trauma. But that was my embarrassing. Um, because so it looked funny. pretty silly. It was like, like you couldn't even see my dick. It was just like, yeah, Whoa. yeah, like totally. you know, feathers flying in the air. <laughs> wow, formative sexual experience. Mm-hmm. So, did you have? Um, did you date at all in high school? I had a boyfriend um, when I was a sophomore, but it <laughs> it was a whatever. It was a thing. whatever. Yeah, it didn't for sure. Like, for sure. Uh, I think that's been so cool. Career oriented. Yeah. It took me a long time to reconcile my... I mean, not a long time's relative, of course, but... As long as it takes to get on all fours. <laughs> I was just kind of going through religion <laughs> and being like, I'm going to go to hell for a few years. And then I was like, wait, I can, you know, change my concept of what hell is. <laughs> and I don't have to necessarily think that I'm going to it. <laughs> if dating in Los Angeles for gay men is in hell already, I don't know why. I guess we're there. Turns out I win in the end. Uh, as it turns out, yeah. do your worst. <laughs> uh, oh my god! So did you leave town to go to college, or what I was your did. I went to Sarah Lawrence School for Girls. In, oh, um, girl! You traveled all the way across the country. Which had, had to New by York that City. point yeah. um, become co-ed? Yes, they. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I put on. I lived a Mrs. Doubtfire college experience. <laughs> threw on my wig and was like, "It's me, Pickle." Communications 101. <laughs> oh! I would love to see that movie. I want to take chemistry. You as Pickle at Sarah Lawrence. Like, so many options <laughs> for co-ed schools, but I insist. So did you do a lot of performing there? Did I you? did. I studied theater. It's a liberal arts school, so I studied a lot of different things. Like, I studied mostly theater, but it wasn't a conservatory, so I took a lot of, like... Like, my favorite class was... Um, 
uh, a Mesoamerican art history. Like, oh wow, it was so much fun, and and the arts of Africa, which is such a like colonial way of like calling an <laughs> art history. <laughs> it's like the arts of the African continent. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and like, I took a lot of Exotic. queer literature class, and. Um, I took a year-long seminar that was just Ibsen and Chekhov. Oh, that's uh, It was so specific. Like, these classes were so specific, but it was so much fun. I'm so grateful that I got... You know, it's, like, amazing. Like, I've read every play by Ibsen and every play by Chekhov, which right. is just really it's nice just great to have. It's back catalog to have in your head. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you what fucking happened in a, a duck's tail or whatever, but... <laughs> I definitely had a Chekhov... I had a few Chekhov classes. They were like, inner circle, middle circle, outer circle. What's going on at your desk? What's going on in the room? What's going on outside in Russia? Of the room in Russia? Where's Masha? <laughs> I had this really intense experience. I've been mourning for my life. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I was I was in Three Sisters in college, um, and we had this really fancy director from the city. From we used to call New York City the city. So well, Sarah Lawrence, where is Sarah Lawrence positioned? It's twenty minutes north of the Bronx. Okay. So it's in Westchester. Right. In Is West that where you grew up? Sneedon's Landing? It's across the river from there. I, oh, where I grew up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, so I was in, I really, I struggled with understanding Chekhov before I took that class, obviously. But but before I did, I was in, like, I, I got cast in the fancy production of Three Sisters at school. And, like... Who'd you play? Playing one of the sisters. I played the drunk <laughs> doctor. I played uh, Masha. I played uh, Masha. <laughs> Masha, Masha. <laughs> I threw on a wig and I... <laughs> I played the drunk doctor, uh, Chebudikin. Chibuti yes, can, as yes. I would call him, um, which is a really bizarre role. And like, um, I'm getting it confused with the seagull, but uh, three sisters. And there's always a drunk doctor who like yeah, exactly. crawls on at some point. Is like time doesn't exist. And I um, thought Masha was from. Um, Masha is in multiple. Is in Masha is in like every Chekhov play. Oh, well, there you are. Well, she's in the Seagull and there she's in the Three Sisters. Well, there it is. The Three um, Sisters are like they're like we're waiting to go to Moscow, right? Yeah, Masha's the pretty one. Olga's the like old hard worker, and um, whatever the fuck her name is, Ilanka or <laughs> Melania. <laughs> Melania <laughs> is like the young, like kind of naive one. But so I didn't understand. I was like, what is the point of like? these plays like they're so like boring and like oh, I don't get it blah 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 and I was walking <laughs> to like rehearsal one day and it was it was um fall and like there was this giant cherry tree and like all the blossoms <laughs> were like so beautiful and like they were just like trickling down and I looked at the tree and I just started weeping because I was like this, like, I'm, I'm so happy right now looking at this tree, but this moment will end. And I suddenly understood. <laughs> check I was like, check, I'll check off. No, like, this Chekhovian kind of tragedy of, like, you know, time and... Life's and, fleeting moment. Yeah, this moment of, like, absolute, of, like, 
of what is the sublime, where it's like absolute beauty and understanding that 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 can exist. Yeah. Like, you know, outside of that moment. So did you stage a production of The Cherry Orchard then? <laughs> no, I hate The Cherry Orchard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, yeah, no. I, it's, right it's, there under the tree. Cast <laughs> like, Let's wait, go! Let's get this on the road. Are you off the book yet? This cherry tree doesn't have many blossoms left. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, and then I really enjoyed it. I was like, okay, I get it. And so I mean, I did, you, it. did you go straight back to LA after that or... I did. I graduated and moved back to LA because LA is home. You didn't have a thought city. of um, New York. staying in New York. Oh, no, they're savages. <laughs> it is a different um, kind of environment. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I, savages. I am such an Angelino. I'm. Yeah. I have no like. I loved. Well, like, you missed the best time to be in New York. Right, New York's not course. the same. What was the best time? 80s? They, Sometime before now. I mean, you know, yeah, the <laughs> 80s, the 70s, um, maybe even into the 90s. Yeah. But before, it's just, now it's just like this, you know, just this theme park for the rich. And Do it's you just think impossible that to LA there. is heading in that direction? Maybe, a little bit. I mean, the weather's so nice here. The weather, right. the weather is great. I mean, and it is. I, I do think it's still way more affordable here. Um, it's just so much easier to live here than it is in New York, I think. I love New York. It's a great city. So much fun. So much going on. It's like a snow globe. Like, I enjoyed, yeah. like, like you get off the plane and it's like, <gasps> New York City, it's so beautiful. And, like, all these buildings. The rats are, are much bigger here. <laughs> and then I was, by year four, I was just like, oh, absolutely not. I would rather die. Uh, yeah, I love New York. I've, I've visited, never lived. I don't really anticipate moving back there um I'm from there but um no I don't you know I love visiting now it's, it's hard to easy. it's hard to leave LA it is it's just so sunny it's just so much easier you have in and out and I mean I don't want it to be like 117 very often oh, it's but, got uh, it. we're having a heat wave that's for sure I would rather be 117 than negative 10 me too every day any of day of the week I hate the winter too I, I lived yeah, in I Chicago and it was I don't know how I did it. Kill, it killed me almost. People were always For like... 27 years, I don't know how I did it. Like when the conversation... Like with, with at a school like Sarah Lawrence where there's a lot of people from L.A. Because it's like the perfect like... Ooh, I want to go to New York, but like I don't actually. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's the perfect school for that. And the conversation is always like, oh, but like... Don't you like you know? Don't you want four seasons? Like, won't you miss no. the seasons? And no. I was like, Not what? Answer. That's yeah, so I do want four seasons. <laughs> I don't care. Cool yeah. summer, hot summer, cool summer, fall. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> what on earth? That's like, that's like being like, oh, do you want to be rich all the time? Don't you want to be poor sometimes? Like, no. <laughs> Like, what? That's so stupid. Like, don't you want to freeze and rake leaves and, like... Shovel snow. Shovel snow and have to wear two pairs of shoes if you want to be cute. Like, you know, like, your outside shoes and you have to change your shoes. Don't you want to deal with coat check? Yeah. Yeah. God, coat check in Chicago in the winter was another level. It was, like, check... It was check everything on your body, and then you had another check, outfit. Check, 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 check. Like, yeah. like scarf and hat and coat, and, <laughs> and then you're like and stuck in the club. And then you're in the 
Claire with all of the snow <laughs> on the ground. Uh, snowy. I love Chicago, but I have not never. The I went to my aunt's wedding on a boat there, but I was very young, and I really want to go to Chicago. You should go back, and you should go for Market Days, which is in August, and it is their kind of like street festival, local pride, and it is super fun. And the strip there is just. Amazing! It's my favorite gay strip that I've. I've never LA. done anything gay in Chicago. I was only there on a uh, accidentally. Over oh, I'm sure you've done night. something gay in Chicago. Well, I <laughs> sashayed through my hotel room. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I, I highly <laughs> recommend a little thing called sodomy. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was there. I'm flying back from the... So you've uh, never popped your Chicago cherry? No. I was flying back from the <laughs> Toronto Film Festival, and all planes were grounded um, going west, and we landed in Chicago because of some tower outage. And, mm. um, That's very random. And so I had to spend the night I'm there. I'm so surprised that living, coming from New York and that you never ever went to Chicago for anything. I guess it's the second city. Yeah, where do they have their crime? Uh, <laughs> yep, corn-fed boys. Steppenwolf. Beefy I buds. Mean, Steppenwolf came to us in New York. Yeah. You know? I mean, we didn't need to travel there. For yep. Do people have nice buds in Chicago? They've got beefy, like, corn-fed Midwest asses. There's some good buds. Uh, uh, Chicago is a little... Um, it's like 10 pounds more than L.A. But you have to have it because of the cold weather. Is that a weird thing to say? People are a little beefier there, I feel like. No, it's not a weird thing to say. I weigh like, 10 pounds more when I Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like I'm the ugliest person. Like, like you know, living in Los Angeles, yeah. like I forget that this is like positive, like outside of Europe, like just like in the United States, like the standard of beauty or like, it's you know, the pressure so is so high yeah. that when I visit other places and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a supermodel. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I know that sounds super like, hello Lubbock. <laughs> but like we drove up north, like to like visit my mother's mother or something. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just like, I've never felt more beautiful. I was, and Absolutely. like, my relatives were like, oh my god, like, because I'm just like, <laughs> look at you, you're glowing, like, you know, glowing, and like, and here I feel like a possum, like, you know, just like <laughs> scurrying <laughs> through the streets. You do have great uh, hair. Oh, you have beautiful hair. Thank beautiful you. Really man. great God boy gave me hair. Great hair, a nice set of legs, blue eyes, and a big dick. <laughs> okay. Check, 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 check. <laughs> That's all I need. I'm, I'm glad you got that interview for the episode ended. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting. He's waiting for that opening. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Good segue, Eric. Um, so when did he first do drag? Oh, my God. When, uh, exposure, wait, right? No? Like two years ago. What? Two years exposure, ago. Exposure, yeah. I, I'm always like, oh, my God, it was so long ago. It's so like it's only been two years. years. Three. Three and three years. Okay. Um, yeah, I started doing drag. I did drag in college. I did, like, you know, I was in a musical and drag, and then I kind of did drag a couple times and dabbled. Where did Pickle come from? I Wait, where did you... What, did, what musical did you do drag in? It's called Ruthless, the musical. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, actually, in the original production, there's a little girl part. It's like a par- It's a musical parody of, like... 
lots of other musicals. Lots of other musicals, and also like all about Eve, and um, it's just uh, really funny. Fun. And it's written by all the people that like worked on those musicals. So it's well, that's really a callback to your childhood gown days. Yeah, totally. And um, the little girl was originally played by Laura Bell Bundy. Uh, and her understudy, this was in 1994 or 1992 or something. 1992, her understudy was Britney Spears. No. Mm-hmm. That is so what? funny. A young Britney Spears. Was it in some off-Broadway show? Was the understudy to Laura Bell That Bundy must have been in an directly before That is Mouse so hard to believe. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. Post Mickey Mouse Club and I think pre, this is pre Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse Club. Club really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was her first. Um, it was, I think, both of their first, like, kind of big, like, little show business moment. So, where did um, Pickle come from then? I just had to come up with a name really quickly, and it just did. It, did it? Did it bounce off of Meatball at all? Because no, we met foods. post. Post naming. Post naming. So you were just like. Oh, I'd already been baptized. You were like eating a pickle and you were like. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a totally random, like, you saw a pickle somewhere in your life or the name just popped into your head. And I thought I was like, you know, toying with different names and like. I was like, it needs to be something that's very simple, that's funny, but also kind of elegant. And like a word that is just what's more <laughs> elegant than a pickle? Yeah, pickle. Elegant <laughs> in its like simplicity. You know, it's like pickle. You threw like, me off okay. in elegant, but no, I get what you're saying. Elegant, skinny, <laughs> like you know, glamorous, phallic, phallic. I was like, I like the one word. I like like. I love pickle. I think it's a perfect name for you. Yeah, it just it it sounds expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Put a ring on that pickle. <laughs> I. <laughs> Ooh, that's an expensive pickle. It's not, it didn't just come on the side of my deli. <laughs> this is the, the main. That's a, gir- a, gir- a gherkin. Gherkin, gherkin is like gherkin. a little pickle. Okay, so you're not a gherkin. No, no. I want. I would are love to have a drag. <laughs> no. Um, I say that when people are like, are you a sour pickle or a sweet pickle? Like, it depends on the day, but I'm not kosher. <laughs> um, You're my bread and butter. <laughs> More pickle jokes, though. <laughs> uh, so what, what's your whole take on the whole RuPaul's Drag Race phenomenon? Oh, yeah, we do ask most of the drag queens that come on the show, but... Would you ever audition? Have you? I have auditioned twice. I didn't audition for season 11, which is the one that they just filmed. And right? it's already and so finished it's, filming It's finished now. filming, yeah. Gotcha. Now Maybe they're filming All-Stars, All-Stars 4. 4. Yes. The machine continues. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, it's so... It's crazy how often they're doing All-Stars. They used to do, like, four seasons and then All-Stars. Now it... They're alternating. It's, alter- it's like one and one, one, yeah. They've got enough back catalog. Well, no. They- I've used that word like six times. Sure, the word yeah, of the day. Yeah. Back catalog. <laughs> I, um, I'm just recently, last couple days, decided that I want to sort of seriously audition for the next season. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, I kind of went on a little thing where I'm like, you know, like, I don't particularly, like, I like the show. Yeah, I, I do love RuPaul. I'm Me absolutely too. a huge fan. I'm not like 
there are things about the show that I'm like, wow, this is so predictable. This is so like, you know, yeah, I have it's obvious produced for sure. It's so like, but then I was like, like fuck it, you know, like whatever. Like it's a bit. It happens to be. You know, I do have my opinions. Like, I think that there are a lot of, you know, there are only a couple queens that are going to walk away from Drag Race with, like, you know, careers. Sure. But, like, the good drag queens will. And, like, yeah. you know, I think it'd be I don't a think lot, it a hurts. Them, I don't think it hurts any of the a drag A lot of them queens. seem no. to be working a lot. You know? Oh, yeah. No, they are. But, like, when RuPaul retires to Wisconsin... And like, Montana. You know, you... With Wyoming. You have to... No, Wyoming. Wyoming. Wherever the husband is. I think the husband is Wyoming. Yeah. I thought it was Montana. But yeah, you know what? I could I be you, it I could be Montana. You could it's be. like you can't just be... Like, you know, some of the queen. It's funny because, like, you know, I read interviews. I read a lot of interviews with, like, different queens just because I'm interested. And, like, a lot of them just think that they're set. And I'm just like, that is so not what I'm... Like, you know, I'm but glad. It's not about you being set. You know who I For think me, is it's... really smart? I'm just thinking of this just right now, but, like, Bob the Drag Queen, who just did a part in Angels in America playing Belize at, at yeah. uh, Berkeley Rep, you know, and got rave reviews, and people are like, you know, it's like, ah, discovering another dimension of, you know, his talent. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's really smart. It's like... Ride that Bob the Drag Queen train as long as you can, but but don't necessarily, like, if you're a talented artist who can express themselves in more than one way, do it. Well, and that's what, you know, my thing has always been. Like, I model my career after, like, Coco Peru and Jackie Bead and Varla Jean Merman and, and queens that have been around for a long... And RuPaul, like, queens that have been around for a long time. They're, those are all multidimensional well, exactly. And it's a certain, like... And, you know, yeah, those people... Good careers are slow burns. They're not yeah. quick flashes. So, like, you know, sometimes when I read these interviews and I'm like, oh, my God, are you an idiot? Because it's like... You know, everything in show business waxes and wanes, and, like, you know, I've, like, booked big, like, commercials and, like, stuff like that, and then, like, have had a year where it's, like, you know, you don't get a bit... It's, like, it just waxes and wanes, and so I'm really grateful that I've... that I've... that I've slowly kind of, you know, garnered success so far just at the beginning of my career, as opposed to, like... You know, I couldn't have handled Drag Race, like, a year ago or two years ago, like, mentally, physically, like, any of that. But now I'm starting to feel like, okay, like, I should audition. Like, if I got on, I think it'd be really fun. I think I could be good at it. And it doesn't matter. It's just, it's all fun and it's all silly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know why you would want to, you know, if you're you're pursuing that, I don't know why you'd say, like, oh, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. Because well, it's just I mean, such a good... There's probably reasons that certain people maybe don't want to. I well, mean, no, I can see like, how, like, Meatball says, like, they're never going to choose him for it, her for it. I'm not sure that's true. I don't think that's true either, but... But I think that that's what she thinks. You just don't know. I mean, I it is of my opinion that, like, if you don't think you'll be chosen, that you're not right for something. Because it's like... You have to have that confidence. It's also just like, is that something that you're interested in or not? Like, and I said, yeah, the reason I didn't audition last season is because I was like, 
if I audition, I'm auditioning to win. I'm not auditioning to go on the show. Yeah, I think like, that's a great And I was last year, I was like, I'm not a winner. And this year, I'm more like, you know, I don't want to go on RuPaul's Drag Race to get <laughs> fame or, like, money. Like, you know, that's if I'm going to audition, I'm going to do it. To do the I best job that, that you can do at what I the thing is, that yeah. it is is. And I think I, that people sell themselves short, and yeah, then they're like, I think that's what I get it. Like, getting on, like, who cares about getting on? You know, it's a reality TV show. Like, I would love to win. I think that'd be really fun. You're getting Absolutely. great experience, though, by, like, getting up in front of a, you know, room full of drunk gays. Oh, um, yeah. Holding their attention, you know, um, entertaining, running a show, you know, like, that's all, like, what you need to do. I think it's really smart, too, that you mention, like, all these pre-RuPaul's Drag Race people that have had careers that have gone on for, like, 20, 25 years. You have to pay attention to how they work and how, what they've Because they're still around. I mean, Coco Peru still works, and Jackie B yep. still works, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think that you're doing incredibly well. I mean, to, to, to be a drag queen in L.A. and to be hosting at two incredibly popular... Uh, like hotspots in the city, like that. I feel like that is so successful. I mean, you mentioned day. like you've got like gigs on four days, and it sounds like maybe two and one of them is two in one day. Yeah, it's fun. I do a lot. I work a lot. I'm really grateful for it. I have just always kind of maintained the philosophy that hard. And what I tell the what I've told the kids is like hard work always pays off. Period. Like, you know, it may not pay off in the way that you want it to or the way you expect it to, but it always pays off. It's like, that's just a fact. Like, yeah. you know, and I know that if I just work hard, that I will, you know, it will work out and I'll be taken care of. And and so that's sort of my attitude with Do with you pursue acting outside of drag? I don't. I'm, you know, I've thought about it. My, I, have an, I do have an agent. Um, as a drag queen, um, and she technically represents me as a boy as well, but I just right. haven't put... I'm not there right now. It's kind of a different energy. It's a different energy. It takes up with a whole other thing. I really enjoy... Uh, one of the reasons I love drag so much is when I started doing drag, it felt like I had found the the outlet that could contain who I was as an artist, you know, mm -hmm. as a, uh, doing theater and growing up, it was, you know, I would play like big roles, but like it always felt, I was like, God, like, you know, I'm more, this I'm isn't like, my, this isn't my shtick. Yeah. I'm like, thing. I want to yeah. play the girl or like, you know, I want to, mm -hmm. I just, it gave me the outlet to be as large. Like my favorite thing to do really is like Shakespeare. Like, I just oh, like have such a like I love it so much and like um in the true um Elizabethan Shakespearean tradition of, of like the men playing the women's roles like, yeah I'd love you to see some pickle Shakespeare yeah <laughs> I've done actually I've pulled out um I've done like I did a one woman show like a couple years ago that was um uh Pickle the retrospective where I just, <laughs> I ate 25 years in the business and I just invented because I saw ja I saw an interview with Jackie B and mm -hmm. she was doing a retrospective show mm -hmm. she was like Jackie B 25 years in the business and I was like I want to do a retrospective show so <laughs> but I don't want to do this for 25 years before I have a retrospective yeah, yeah, show yeah, yeah, yeah. so I just invented a fake career 
and was like talking about like how I was in like a silent I can't remember I was like in a silent film <laughs> like all these different things I really I love do it again. that you should you should uh, keep that going I mean do, do you have you heard of Justin Vivian Bond who did Kiki yes Kiki, yes Kiki yes Kiki yes, yes. Um, I, I know Justin um, oh wow um, <laughs> and um, but like you know when Justin's Vivian Bond started with Kiki and Herb, just made up this, you know, story about being a, you know, a cabaret singer from the 50s and now, yeah. you know, in the early 80s was like way over the hill and, you know, had this huge backstory. So I love that. You should, you should, yeah, you should keep I that I really want to do it again. I did it twice at Bar Mattachine and, and loved it. I did another one-woman show called Peg Bundy Has an Existential Crisis. <laughs> I remember that. Where I was Peg Bundy in purgatory and she had died and like God was deciding whether or not she did more good or more evil so they kind of like stuck her in purgatory and she's just like on the couch and that purgatory so just looks like her life. and interesting and different and... And like, it's, I didn't... I... I it's one of those shows that I really... I want to go back to that one as well because I have to admit it's kind of embarrassing, but, like, I booked the... I, I'm the kind of person that books the gig and then writes the show. <laughs> You're like, so I, I like, the like, Bundy experience. You that, like, I, like, sure. Yeah, I yeah. booked it at Precinct. I was like, you know, I want to do the show. It's called Peg Bundy Has an Existential Crisis. And they were like, great. And I was like, this is what it's about. da 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 and then <laughs> the show was in three days. And I was like, I haven't written a word. Oh my god, that is so scary. So I like wrote this like it's a little like as it stands, a little haphazard, there are elements that I really enjoy. But there was a lot of like she does like the to be or not to be monologue at one point and like sings hallelujah. But like Hallelujah, <laughs> and like, but the premise is that, you know, Peg Bundy is. I've been watching a lot of Married with Children lately. Mm-hmm. Peg Bundy is such an interesting character, and actually, I kind of impersonate her a lot. And my dad is in a band with Katie Seagal, who played Peg Bundy. You're kidding? What? No. That is so. so happy they're that friends, happened. and I've met her several times. Like. But she doesn't she know. Does. She's never told her. My dad was like, I'm not telling her. And I was like, Dad, it's weirder if she finds out. Dude, you that should you tell text her and then her. do a like you a two-person show or something. I was, at a, I was at my dad's 60th birthday, and she was there. And I was like, and I was with my friend um, who was like, is that Katie Seagal? And we were like talking to Katie Seagal, and I was like... She was like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a drag queen. And like, she's like, well, like, ooh, tell me about that. Like, what do you do? And I wanted to be like, well, frankly, I do you. (laughs) 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 It would be a little bit of a hostage crisis at like a birthday party to have someone be like, I impersonate you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. So I just was like, oh, you know, I just do a lot of different stuff. I love Katie Seagal. She is amazing. She's She's great. so talented and so smart. But Peg Bundy as a character is so interesting to me because she... I've been watching a lot of it lately again. And she, that show, we in the way that some shows like Sex and the City and like other shows, especially from the 90s, don't hold up well in a contemporary like feminist construct, Married with Children is Surprisingly wild. forward. And surprisingly forward. There's an episode where like they have this gay guy 
and like Al like falls in love with him and like you know it's it's like but it's so like I watched the episode and I almost got emotional because it's so like progressive and not like stereotype like you know like Al yeah. has this like actual like moment of empathy and just like I feel like it was it was in its own universe like apart from time in a way so wild and so trashy and so funny and also <laughs> so terrible like really poorly written but also a, a amazing. lot of it is terrible but the actors are so good and it's so good and so I was like that's an interesting character to me so I really want to evolve that and maybe do one where like several like you know uh like Dr. Beverly Crusher from Star Trek and like different like female I, characters. You know, I, I love, love Katie Seagal actually most from Futurama because she played the voice yeah, of Leela, Leela. So I would, you should do a Leela look. <laughs> I would die for that. I love the Beverly Crusher idea too. I used to watch that show. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in like what if all these ladies were like stuck in purgatory together just like living. I nice. Think that's a great idea. All right, well, so look out for these yeah. shows. So we got the we got Wednesday trivia night at Bar Mattachine. We got Thursday, so you think you can drag mm-hmm. uh, drag queen competition show yes. at Bar Mattachine. At Bar Mattachine. Um, Friday. Friday is at Flaming Saddles, eight thirty show. <laughs> <laughs> and um, someone someone needs to book pickle for a one woman show three days from now. So she'll yeah. go write it. <laughs> I will. I will do it. I will write an existentialist drama comedy in. And Sunday nights for brunch at Flaming Saddles. Sunday brunch at 1 p.m. There's Nathan, you and I have to do like a pickle tour of of. Um, uh, we should try to do more venues. You should yeah. do it. Yeah. My, like this, was a, uh, my week with pickle. I <laughs> love your assistant, by the way, and I watched the first episode of his Pink Mirror. Oh, he's really I watched all funny. Of he's so Ian, funny. Yeah. It's so good. I love Ian. He's um, amazing. And um, it's so funny because I told him when he first started working for me because I. Oh, you know, wait, I he was do. the one in the underwear. Was, yes. I don't, was he in underwear? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah. Oh, he's sexy. He's yeah. cute. Yeah, he's very yeah. cute. Um, it's funny because like I do these four <laughs> or five. Like you know, some I host at the Abbey too. I'm doing that three times this week, so it'll be like what you host at the Abbey too? Is that a new? Yeah. Thing? So they have a brunch show on Saturdays, and uh, it's Mayhem Miller's show. Oh, and awesome. Vicky Vox substitutes for Mayhem Miller. Mayhem Miller's always out of town, so when Vicky Vox can't do it, they call Pickle. They like, put in the third string Pickle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Well, I'd be on the team, then I'd be Exactly. Um, but so, like, I'll have these weeks where I do it, like, five like five days in a row. Because both of them will just happen to be gone. Yeah. So I'll have, like, five. And in a five-day period, I'll have, like, six or seven gigs. And it's, you know, by the end, I'm, like... I cannot stand the sound of my own voice right now. Like, uh, I'm like, shut up, shut up. Like, so I would, I, and I told my assistant, I was like, by the end of the week, you're just going to be like, oh my God, if she makes that joke one more time, I'm going to, cause like, you know, you yeah. do this, like, you know, you're working on material and it's like, by the end, I'm just like, ah! <laughs> I'm like, like, take pickle and just shove her in the closet. probably been doing that show more, cause Mayhem Miller's probably been booking a lot since the show aired. Yeah, she never does yeah, it anymore, yeah, yeah. but Vicky does it a lot, and then, right. like, Roz or I will, will sub Roz. when Vicky. We should get Roz on the show. Roz, Roz for less? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. she's great. Um, anyway, we should really wrap this up, because it's by far the longest, longest episode ever. Longest episode ever. Enjoy 
the extended visit with it Pickle. It is Pickle extended. Ask anyone. If you give me a microphone, I will not stop until it is taken from me. Shorter uh, than the brunches. The bars will turn off the mic. Um, your Instagram is... Pickle Drag Queen. Anywhere else that people should follow you? No, I... Like Instagram is perfect the only and obviously if you've made it an hour and almost 20 minutes into this show <laughs> you're already following us you know where to reach us send us an email if you have any questions or if you know somebody famous that you want to be on the show and want us to interview thank you so much for listening much appreciated yeah and give us five stars or don't bother indeed bye bye